Var. Presented by Chalk and Chisholm Creek, I am Colby Daniels, along with John Moss. John, what's going on, my friend? How was your Christmas, sir? I saw the red tie. I red saw tie. the red tie. Yep. It was opened, and it was loved and cherished by... <laughs> Has he taken it off yet? Uh, yeah, I don't, he hasn't actually put it back on since Christmas Day, but he wore it all day long Christmas Day. never came off. That's cute. Yeah, so he, so we got him the red tie, and then he had been telling everybody that would listen to him that he wanted a red tie for Christmas, so Lauren's parents got him, like, a tie set. So he has, like, six other ties in addition to the red tie. So he hit the tie nice. jackpot on Christmas Day. Nice. That's How was your cool. Christmas? So did you, it was good. It was uh, it was pretty quick. I hadn't been home yeah. to Dallas and seen my niece and nephew in a year. Like, it had been oh, Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah because of covid so right. i was going to go down in february for my brother and sister's birthday and try to split them because one's on the 7th one's on the 22nd but something happened i couldn't make it down and then i was going to come in march and that's when kind of everything went into lockdown and right hadn't seen them since so it was honestly kind of weird that's crazy <laughs> like in, in a loving way like not in like a awkward way but it was just like the kids have grown so much and yeah I don't know. It was just, it was crazy, but it was good to see him. It was quick. I went down, I got in a little before dinner on the 24th and came back after lunch on the 25th. So, I mean, it was, yeah, you know, relatively quick. I had the pups with me and Prudence is still uh, bouncing back from her spay procedure. So I didn't <laughs> want her uh, cooped up in the kennel for too long, but it was fun. Yeah, it was very nice. It was a good time. It was good to see the, see the kiddos and man, I, I don't miss that drive going down 75 oh, yeah. just through those small towns yeah. and all the speed traps and everything like it's brutal yeah it's a lot but you know i had sports games to uh assist in my travels just put it on the youtube tv on the phone and there put it on go. my dash and just drive on down works out well yeah we uh yeah we so we did christmas presents with little man like early christmas morning i say early uh it wasn't that early but uh, did that and then went to like the grandparents' house, Lauren's parents, um, around noonish on Christmas Day, and then he opened more presents. He opened so many presents that we hadn't even finished opening presents at Lauren's parents' house, and he was like done with it. We're like, you have more presents, and he's like sitting back on the couch, just like I've had enough. I've got he's all the toys it. I need. Yeah. I saw the bouncy house, he, dude. Uh, he struck it big. Santa did well. He asked for a bouncy house and. Like, I've just, like, laughed it off, like, okay, yeah, you're a bouncy house, okay, like, get real, kid, come on, who do you think we are? And, uh, like, a couple days before Christmas, Lauren tells me, so my parents got him a bouncy house, they're gonna come set it up, like, the Oh, day they got it, okay. Yeah, all yeah, right. they, so they got it, and they, so they, they set it up in our shop the day before, so after all the presents were open, then they had it all aired up and everything, and so we took him out to the shop, I'll have to, I'll post the video, because... I've never seen the kid shocked in my entire life, but he walks into the shop out in the back, opens the door, and there's the bouncy house, and his eyes, just like cartoon eyes, just get massive, and he was like, oh, 
It was oh, so that's great. so cool. Yeah, so he he spent a lot of time in the bouncy house, and then the other the other big time one that he got was a uh, remote control boat. Oh, I saw that video too. I yeah, saw you guys so, speeding around on the pond somewhere. Yeah, so the, there's yeah. a pond uh, behind Lauren's parents' house, and so we took the boat over there, and he doesn't like driving it that much. He likes watching more, so it's almost like a toy for me because I'm just like <laughs> zigzagging across the pond with the boat, it, it, and it goes really fast, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. What get to be a kid again, basically, Santa? when you have a four-year-old. Yeah. What did Santa bring you, Colby? I got some like gift cards and stuff like that. So there you go. I also got this. Uh, this sounds so bad, but I got this uh, like little mechanism type thing that has a small motor on it, and it suctions blackheads out of your pores. <laughs> it's bad, I'm telling you. But that's like a, that's a thing. Yeah, I'm excited to give it a try though. Interesting. Yeah. I was how many just, blackheads do you get? Well, I was just complaining the other day about how my nose, like basically since the mask era of life, yeah. my the bridge of my nose is constantly breaking out. So mm. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see if that thing works. I haven't tried it yet, but it looks interesting. I will uh, need you to post a video. Suction those of things that. right out. Yeah. Just interesting. Boom. Have you watched uh have you watched any bowl games? Okay, so I saw part of uh who was it? Buffalo. And then yeah, I realized played. Jarrett Patterson wasn't playing. Yeah. And lost all interest and quit watching. Why has it been so weird this year? Like it doesn't feel like uh, granted this week is when like the majority of the good bowls start, yeah. but it's still in years past I would love watching bowl mania yeah like all of those little bowls and whatever because it was the last chance we were going to get college football until the next year so i just soaked up as much as i could yeah i i think we didn't have a like end of the regular season and break between bowl season so i think for some people like you didn't have enough time to because i i think there's something to missing college football and then two or three weeks later when you get it back regardless of whether it's Buffalo and Western Kentucky playing, you're like, hell yeah, college football again. I think that's yeah. part of like the early stage of, of the bowls. And then the second part is I think like the season ended and then literally like the same week that we have bowls kicking off, we have Christmas and I don't know, just a lot happening at once. So that might be the other part of it. Yeah. I have watched a lot of NBA. Have you? I have. I have. I think the Brooklyn Nets might win the NBA championship. They're really, really good. They were. They my, they're my I know pick the to, Lakers are good too. Yeah, but they're my pick to make the NBA Finals from the from yeah, the East. Yeah, that was a good pick. Yeah, that was a good pick. Who did I pick? Philly. I think I went Philly. I think it was Philly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but it's. I mean, the Lakers are going to be tough regardless. They lost Dinwiddie man. though. The Nets. Yeah, is that Which, for ACL the season? Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. I saw tonight. Uh, we're recording this Monday night. John Morant uh, sprained his ankle. Oh, I hadn't seen. I have. So I haven't seen anything. I've seen yeah. no sports since about four o'clock this afternoon. So, if anything has broken since that time. Oh, Lincoln Riley took the Dallas Cowboys job. Did you not see that? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I run I outside. That's why and do we were doing wheels. this uh, podcast. Yeah. I thought that's why we were doing. <laughs> 
I told you we had a special guest coming on in a minute, possibly uh, if he leaves dinner. It's the celebratory dinner. There for we Lincoln go. Island there we go. The Cowboys. Man, <laughs> I missed so much there you go. in a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I've, I've not watched very many bowl matchups. I've watched a little bit of NBA, uh, a lot of NFL. Yeah, so, yeah, I watched a lot of NFL too. Here's, yeah. I realized this the other day after we recorded our last podcast, and it furthers my point or my stance of wanting a larger playoff field. Yeah. Because I think if teams are in a playoff with a chance to win a national championship, regardless of what seed you are, top tier talent will quit opting out of bowl games as much as they do if it's just the cotton bowl right that's fair with no because yeah. that to me i think if i if i really boil it down this is the first year where it's having an effect on bowl season for me because like you said you turned on the buffalo game and what's his name wasn't playing Jared Patterson, like, yeah. you'll turn on the osu game and chuba hubbard won't be playing tylen will but chuba right. won't. you'll turn on the tulsa game and zavin collins won't be playing but you know some of the other guys and it's just it's it's not the same yeah you know, it's just no, not the agree. same. A, it makes it really hard to pick the games Oh yeah. from a gambling standpoint. Yeah. Um, a lot like week 17 in the NFL coming up, but like who's going to play, <laughs> who's <laughs> starting quarterbacks versus backup quarterbacks. The whole uh, Redskins thing, like they're trying to hand the Cowboys yeah. the NFC East. Yeah. I mean, you're, you just, you cut Haskins when Alex Smith isn't fully recovered from a calf strain, which means you're going into a game either with a not 100% quarterback or a quarterback someone's never heard of before that just came in for the first time a couple of last week yeah. or maybe the week before, like you really must not want to be in the playoffs. It's bad. Or you just hate Dwayne Haskins that much. I, well, I think it's probably, I think Ron Rivera actually hates Dwayne Haskins that much. Yeah, but I think yeah. he does too. <laughs> I think he does too. I mean, when you, when you consider how bad Washington is at managing things, the, the the former wouldn't surprise me either. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. Not wrong. How mad are you going to be if the Cowboys back into the playoffs? Uh, extremely mad. But if they do, there is a distinct, like if Seattle is the two seed, there's a distinct possibility the Cowboys get some of my money if I gamble on that game. Yeah. Because I think the only team in the NFC that I just don't think the Cowboys could beat or the Packers because I think Aaron Rodgers is that good. And Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver in football. And yeah. like Seattle just hasn't looked the same the last month, two months of the season. So they don't scare me and really nobody else. I think the, the Saints would scare be, me from a matchup standpoint or a maybe, but Drew Brees doesn't scare me this well, year. No, I'm not talking about Drew Brees. I think everywhere else they can, they can run Kamara, the ball with what yeah. they can do. Um, I think offensively just to, to, confuse Dallas and then yeah. the defensive line for New Orleans I think would just annihilate Dallas. I would like Dallas's chances better than other years just from the fact that there's no Michael Thomas and an aging Drew Brees but you know yeah I mean the Saints and the Packers would have a decided advantage yeah. over the Cowboys but this feels like and I think I said it I don't remember if it's to you or to my brother but this feels like one of those years where the seven and nine NFC East champion is going to get to the playoffs and make a run. Like it's just so unpredictable. And it's so, you know, and I would trust Dallas to do that more than I would Washington just because of their quarterback situation, especially now. Yeah. Andy Dalton greater than, I mean, 
75% Alex Smith? Is that? Probably. Andy Dalton's played great. Yeah. Since he came back from injury. Yeah. And and I mean, the ball over. They've not, uh, luckily, they've not been put in a situation where the offensive line has been really tested, I guess, is the Mm. best way to say it. Like, if you get them against a defense that, especially on the front four, can push you around a little bit, I think we just go back to seeing what Dallas was. I mean, Cincinnati's front four is pretty good. Like, Geno Atkins is pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, he's aging. He's still good. But, I mean, that's also just one dude. Now, Fletcher Cox going out in Sunday's right. game. Fletcher Cox plays a huge role yeah. in, in Philly. I, I I don't know. I'm just saying, when you start playing playoff teams, there's a different pedigree on the line of scrimmage. And and look, the defense, for as much as they've looked better the last couple weeks, like, are they... I, I don't know that I'm completely buying them just all of a sudden not being one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So. Right. Right. Also, look at who they've been playing. You have yeah. Jalen Hurts. You have yeah. whoever that quarterback was for Cincinnati. Ryan Finley. It's, Finley, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's it's not great, but still, like, it, there's something Ryan to be Finley said about QBU. By the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you know what? Do you um, know what university that is? QBU. QBU. I should know where Ryan Finley went because it sounds familiar. NC State. NC State? Okay. The QB factory of the NFL. What are we at? Is we have Russell Phillip? Wilson considered NC State? I don't think so. I mean, because that's okay. that's like the... I mean, if you want to consider Jalen Hurts Alabama or Kyler Murray A&M... A&M, yeah. Then I think if you're going that way, you can. But even without even without Wilson, it's uh, Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley, and uh, Glenn on. As, as Gruden likes to call him. Mike Glennon. Glennon. That's funny. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's, the point uh, is they've played some, uh, some pretty lackluster yeah. offenses as well. I just... it. <laughs> Give me... I, I want a coaching change, and I want a higher draft pick, and if they make the playoffs, you're not getting a high draft pick, and the ownership is going to yeah. be like, hey, maybe these guys aren't that bad. And then all of a sudden well, you Jerry have... Well, Jerry Jones already said McCarthy was coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and I look, uh, as much as I don't want to see McCarthy as the coach long term, I do think, to be fair, a coaching staff deserves a normal offseason training camp, preseason, like, you know, to ramp into a season. Cause coaches that came in, first year coaches in different teams or programs in the college level this year, you almost just throw it out, right? Like it's almost it was it was so I mean you still are held accountable unless you're just so... so spectacularly awful yeah like the Cowboys were for the first two months of the season that I don't know I, I like I, I was fully prepared regardless of what happened to say no matter what like I'm McCarthy der- deserves more time or anybody for that matter mm-hmm. but when you can be as spectacularly disastrous as Dallas was eh, COVID or not that those guys had their heads up their asses and had no idea what they were doing they did but it really went downhill when Dak got injured too you know i mean that was because he would have made them like they would have won the nfc east if Dak was healthy i agree with that yeah and so you know that would put a a band-aid over something that yeah would have been a lot uglier as we saw yeah if if Dak wasn't around but it's i don't know it's it's going to be exciting to see i like the new playoff format or only the one seed gets the buy yeah it creates a little more drama this year. 
Yeah. I don't and know like that Buffalo I, you know, playing tonight. Like they have to play yeah. in the first round. They yeah. have to host a game. I don't know that I want it every year just because, again, I mean, we're talking about teams that probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs in the playoffs. But, I mean, it, it gives you a little more know. drama leading up to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's – I don't know if I could look at the last team that got in this year right now, like if the season ended today, and say they didn't deserve to be there. You know, like I, I'm not sure I would go that far. Like I like the Cardinals, for example. I, they're a yeah, fun team too. to watch. They're actually, I mean, probably my favorite team, not named the Dallas Cowboys, to watch because every week, like they're in in a really good game that goes down to the end. And but like at the end of the day, like I don't know, I I just don't think they're on the same level. I don't think they're good enough. And what? So what's your? It really depends on what you're saying meaning when you say that good enough to what so is every team that gets into the playoffs supposed to be good enough to win the super bowl Not necessarily but i'm just saying you have to draw the line somewhere and right i mean i think you could always move that line and and make a case for people and i i just think seven is probably a little bit too many uh like for example here's here's what uh here's what the cardinals have done They've lost four of their last six, and the two wins they have were against the Giants and the Eagles. And by the way, right now, the Cardinals are on the outside looking in. Yeah. But, I mean, they're right there. Like, they are yeah. right there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I just don't think that they're a... Like, like when if I you walk... look at the AFC, right? AFC's NFC's crazy bad this year. year. Yeah. NFC's kind of bad. It's like the Eastern Conference in the NBA. Yeah. Like you're really top-heavy with the Packers and the Saints and maybe the Buccaneers, maybe the Seahawks, and then everyone else is kind of garbage. Um, but the AFC, I mean, you're looking at four through seven right now are the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns with the Colts on the outside looking in. Like all of those teams would be top three in the NFC. Yeah. And so especially in the, are the AFC, Do- are the like, Dolphins play- a playoff caliber football team? I mean, they're 10 and five. They're 10 and five. I give them, like I said, I give them credit yeah. for, I mean, they, they've, they've won a lot of games. They've done, I mean, all they can do, which is is play your schedule. Right. But my point to you got to draw the line somewhere is like, so Miami's wins are against, let's see, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Jets, the Rams. That's a good win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinals, Chargers, Jets, Bengals, Patriots, Raiders. Woof. Yeah. They didn't Woof. have a tough schedule. Yeah. 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 That's all I'm saying. I, you just have to draw the line somewhere, and if you if you let it continue to float further out, then you know you're going to end up with. And and look, this is going to happen at six as well. You're going to end up with six teams like the NFC East situation. You're going to have somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't deserve to be there. So I think that's going to be the case no matter what. But I think we're getting teams even with six in at times that probably aren't playoff caliber teams. So I don't know why why I like I wouldn't want to expand it from that. Right. So I'm going to read you this team schedule and tell me if you think it's majority woof or not. And I think you could do it. Just it's luck of the draw, really, yeah, right? Yeah. So well, I mean, if you're really bad, you get a. I mean, they schedule based on how good you easy are. Schedule. Yeah. But yeah. then, like your, you know, your cross division uh, opponents for a, a year, you know, you might get a really good division from the AFC that yeah. you have to face or something like that. So this schedule was Texans, Chargers, Ravens, Patriots, Raiders, Bills, Broncos, Jets, Panthers, Raiders. Bucks, Broncos, Dolphins, Saints, Falcons, Chargers. It's not great. So I'd say the majority yeah. of those are pretty woof. Yeah. 
and that's the Chiefs. Yeah. And so that's your Super Bowl like, champions you last said, year. I think Ravens-Bills were the two games that you said that I was yeah. like, okay, good win, good win. Yeah. They had that Monday night game against the Ravens early in the season where they just, I mean, they completely dominated them. And then, you know, outside of that, you're right. I mean, that their, their win total or quality wins, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. weren't great either. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's always a slippery slope. And I'm not saying you were doing this, but to make that argument of, well, who did they play? Because... You know, before the season, you look at that yeah. schedule. You have Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey and the Panthers. You have, you know, a Denver team that Drew Locke was supposed to take that next step. You have Lamar right. Jackson coming right. off an MVP season. You have, you know, and it was supposed to be tough. Who knew what Darnold and the Jets were going to be? But I don't know. Like I, I, I would say because Miami won the games they that were in front of them, the majority of them, I guess they are a playoff caliber team. Like yeah. I, you know, I would. No, I mean th- that's fair. You can, like I said, you could, and and look, those are all NFL wins. There's, I, right, I don't think right. there's any, there's no such thing as a bad NFL win. I mean, you saw that with the Jets winning. Yeah, winning last in two the games. NFL is a yeah. difficult thing, so I don't, I don't want it to be taken that way. My point is, like, if you have to draw the line somewhere, whether it's like four teams in the playoffs or six teams in the playoffs or eight teams or ten teams, like, you have to draw that line somewhere. And I feel like when it's at six in most seasons we can see one or two teams that make the playoffs that just clearly aren't playoff caliber teams i don't think we're we're like at this point where every team that makes the postseason every single year is a great team and so i think you can just look at the field even in a year like this where certainly the dolphins are deserving to be there because their record says they're deserving mm-hmm. to be there and that's why we love the nfl because it's it's about it's not about politics or like resume it's about winning football games and if you do that you get your chance but when we're having the conversation of like expanding a postseason then that's where I'm like I start looking at every team in the AFC and I'm thinking to myself like how many teams actually have a shot to go win the Super Bowl here and I just don't think there are like eight or nine or even seven for that matter so but you could probably make that same argument in the NBA no I agree I think there's too many I, I think the playoffs are too big in the NBA as well See, I think you're on the way minority on that. Like, I think people enjoy playoffs more than yeah. shrinking playoffs. Well, no, like, if, if you gave, playoff basketball is way better than regular season basketball. Yeah. And so, but if you gave someone the option of, we can shrink it from eight teams in the Eastern and Western Conference in the NBA to four, and all four of those teams have a legit chance to win the championship, I still think people would say, no, give me the eight because I want the extra set of games. Yeah because they're better games you know, and i think right and, and i think for the nfl it's the same thing it's it's instead of a best of seven series it's just one game so i think going one extra team in each conference and just giving one team a bye like i don't feel like that messes necessarily with the integrity of the teams in the playoffs you know like yeah. I, I feel like just one more team now if you start getting crazy like what's the nba is half the league makes the playoffs over half the league yeah over the half right yeah. over half the league <laughs> And so that's a little much. Yeah. Like that's you know that's a little much. But right. Going seven and seven, I'm I'm okay with it's that. It's not terrible. Us, I just I, I mean, like I said, you have to draw the line somewhere. And I think like as of now, there's never been a point in my entire life watching the NFL where I'm like, that team should have been in the postseason and they didn't make it, and so mm-hmm. it needs to expand. Just watch the seven but, seed. Well, they wouldn't be the seven seed. I was going to say the seven seed Cowboys. The seven win Cowboys yeah. go win the Super Bowl this year. Right. <laughs> God. CeeDee Lamb's playing football, though. He's 
looking really good. I mean, he should have been doing this all year long. They just have had so many offensive issues that, you know, most of it's not his yep. fault, but yeah. Yep. What's your prediction? You want to touch on OSU and OU real quick since it's game week yeah. for them? Yeah. Um, let's uh, to you as well. But. Right. Zayvon yeah. Collins not playing in that game, I think, really, really hurts the appeal of that. Oh, matchup. for sure. And, and just, that's, so, that's uh, not a that's nothing against Tulsa. No, but they've been a great team, a, a fun team. This this great like comeback story all year long, and he's a big reason why. And in terms of star power, like he is the star power. He won the what was it the Bidneric Award yeah. and AP First Team yeah. All American. Like absolutely, he was the first AP First Team All American since. Largent? You have a guess? No, uh, Jerry Ostrowski. Oh, Jerry O. Jerry o. Yep. The uh, big offensive yeah. lineman. I think it was 91 or 1990, something like that. Um, and not, but he was probably the first since Largent, okay. I would assume. Wow. Um, but it's a big, man, it's a big game for Monty. Like, if you can go yeah. beat an SEC team, I, I don't care if they're a three-win SEC team <laughs> like they are. Right. I mean, it's it's. I still mean, that's SEC who all of team. A&M's wins were against. <laughs> pretty much yeah pretty much but that's that's a feather in the cap that's better than the miami beach bowl against former dallas cowboy backup cooper rush yeah like it's you know it's central michigan was decent the, the but chippewas the chippewas yeah um that was the weirdest game i've ever been at we shooting in the end zone it was almost like being in norman except even less room yeah because it was the uh miami marlins football stadium and so the way they position the field in the outfield literally like i was sitting if i'm right here holding the camera the back of the end zone was my computer like i couldn't extend my legs straight yeah. or half of my calves would be in the field to play and so we're just sitting there shooting and i'm the whole time i'm like i could die like if someone <laughs> i have nowhere to go there's a, a cinder block concrete wall right. behind me because they removed the padding for some reason from the outfield wall as if like players are gonna i don't know it's the weirdest thing right but luckily i survived and every damn touchdown they sent off that thing where the dolphin jumps yeah and then the spews out steam from its blowhole and all this. And that it was so loud and weird monstrosity crazy. that's in center field. Yeah. 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 It was weird, but I'm, I'm happy, man. They get to go down to Dallas. Well, Dallas Fort Worth. Um, you know, if you can stay, you beat Mike Leach in an sec team yeah, in a bowl game. Absolutely. You know, but I, it's, it's one of those things where I was, I was talking to one of the coaches on staff and I was like, what do you think Monty would do? Like, you know, is he looking to move? But I think it's kind of what we were talking about with giving coaches another chance because of COVID. Right. Like right now, coaching vacancies have already been there and or been filled or in the process right. of being filled. And if you're not firing your coach, chances are you made a bowl game. And so you're not going to fire your coach. And so I think this is just a year where he comes back and maybe he signs an extension to you because we know coaching contracts mean nothing. But, right. you know, maybe you sign one just for security and then, you know, your head's on a swivel next year but i don't know it'll be interesting i know a couple seniors on t's defense said they were coming back they were going to use the covid excuse or the covid yeah. year whatever the, to come like back waiver, and play next yeah. year yeah yeah did you see even, did you see sam but, ellinger tweeting something about i haven't decided if i'm coming back or what's not? his I'm like, decision because you have the option of going to the nfl right. like I mean, you can declare for is the, the draft. Is the CFL knocking on your door? Like, what, what, what are we talking um, about here? 
what do you th- I think his ceiling would be f- fourth round ceiling yeah absolute ceiling yeah I'm, yeah I'm with you more likely fifth round sixth round right but ceiling probably fourth round um I heard where'd I hear this oh it was the Pat McAfee show he said Dwayne Haskins will be um the Rock's first big signing in the oh, XFL yes absolutely does that not fit perfectly yep did you all- know he charged people to come to his draft day watch party? Dwayne his Haskins family. Did? He charged his family oh. to come to his draft day watch party. How was that not the first gigantic waving red flag? Have you seen the movie Draft Day? Is that the one with Kevin Costner? Yeah. I have not. Oh, well, it's it's actually a pretty, it's a decent movie. Um, it's Because they're it's, with the Browns, right? Yeah, they're the Browns. Yeah. It's super yeah. hokey, and it's so unrealistic. But, like, it's it's a decent watch. It's entertaining. Anyway, there's, like, he's trying to decide if he wants to draft this franchise quarterback. And, like, this story comes out that none of the guy's teammates came to his birthday party. So it's like a, you know, it's like a character flaw. And that was the reason. And so that was like one of the reasons why they were thinking about not drafting the guy was because none of the teammates came to the birthday party. Anyway, that's, it made me think of that. How did, if you're, if you were the, if the Washington football team, somebody had to know that he was charging his family to get into this draft party and say, this isn't our guy. I mean, look, dude, Daniel Snyder. Oh, I hope. George Kaiser here in Tulsa. Like there was rumblings that he was looking to buy an NFL team not too long ago. I hope he goes and buys it from Dan Snyder. I got, you know, it's that dude is all about making money and not about putting a good product on the field or really caring what his fans think. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was making more money. The reason they kept doing those Europe games is he would make more money because he didn't have to pay for the stadium staff to be working. And so he would make oh. more money doing those games overseas. And so it was just guys like that. They don't need to be football owners. Like you need to have a passion right. for the game. Right. That should be a prerequisite for Agreed. being a NFL owner. Agreed. You know? Yeah. God bless. That's crazy. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. And they don't even have a name right now. What the fuck is the Washington football team? Th- did you They're Like, I think the, the thought is that's just what they're going to hold on to that. Like that's just <sighs> going to be what they are. Like it, it still takes me a minute when I see the acronyms for teams. It's like DAL for Dallas, NYG yeah. for New York Giants, WFT. I'm like, who the fuck yeah. is W? Oh, Washington, Washington football team. Yeah, yeah. It's what the fuck. It happened today. It's like, who the hell is Washington this football team? What the fuck? WFT? Are they like including WTF? Canadian football? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My so my son learned all the NFL logos. But he learned Washington when they were still the Redskin logo. The Redskins. So now yeah. he sees the W, and he's always like, Washington? Like, he says Washington, but it's always like with a question mark at the end. Yeah. Like the I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy? Burgundy? Because yeah. he knows it's the same color scheme, but it's... The, at you least know, the, the colors didn't change. Yeah, the logo is different, so he's he's a little bit unsure. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, what do you think about OSU-Miami? Are you... It, like, are you... Uh, itching to watch this one is it does it does it like move the needle at all can i say no because i'm really not yeah like it it really does nothing for me the only reason i want to watch well okay that's not true i actually am really curious to watch ou florida i'm really curious for multiple reasons or like still am no still am okay still am still am am curious maybe i said war but i still am mainly because that 
dumbass talking shit from Florida. Oh, I, yeah. I want to just, I want to see how OU comes out, you know, to prove him wrong. But I want to see OU's improved defensive line and the pressure they get on quarterbacks, see what they can do with Kyle Trask. Like, because I, yeah. I assume Trask is playing. I haven't heard he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's not opted out yet. So there's still yeah. time. <laughs> but for OSU, like, I just, I like Miami. I like Garrett King. I love Tylen Wallace. You know, like there, there are, but for some reason, it's just maybe because those are two of the more disappointing teams this year. It just doesn't. I mean, Miami for a while was top 10. OSU was as well, or right there, you know, just on the outskirts. Yeah. And then they both kind of face planted down the stretch. So I don't know. Like it's, I will watch it, of course, but I'm actually more curious to see the Tulsa game than I am the OSU game to see how they look without Zavin. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, Obviously, the the win over Baylor for Oklahoma State to close the season forty two three was it was a big win, big win, a big win, and certainly corrected. I think uh, what felt kind of like a sinking ship as they were limping down the stretch. But yeah, yeah, I just I, I think in the grand scheme of things, when you consider what the expectations were for this season, uh, to to kind of be in this spot where they are is relatively disappointing. Um, that said, I mean, you know, the guys that are out there are going to go try to win a football game so i I don't like to ever like discount like what the bowl games mean to like the players that are playing in them uh i I still think that the majority of guys in college football are still going to go you know fight their asses off to win a game but uh yeah like i don't know it just it kind of has a a flat feel a little bit it does Um, tyler wallace coming back is is a cool story um i appreciate that he wants to do that and I appreciate that he has that that sort of competitiveness within him. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he has more to lose than he has to gain from playing. So if you, I, yeah, other than injury, well, injury he didn't uh, have a great season. Well, yeah, but so. I mean, is is him beating up on a Miami team that has the only two offenses they faced? They gave up like forty plus to. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that. I don't. It wouldn't hurt him. It wouldn't hurt him, but I don't know that it yeah. it helps him tremendously versus what I mean. If he gets hurt, I'm just I think yeah, there's I more mean, to lose yeah. than there is to gain. Is all I'm in saying. that regard, of course. Yeah, you know, I will say this: I'm really disappointed that I'm not still working in television because so to pull the curtain back a little bit. When you go to what was the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, you would like go into the the media hospitality room at the Camelback in Phoenix or Scottsdale. Yeah. And dude, every Tostitos chip you could imagine dips, all this different stuff. When it became this, was it the Sony Fiesta bowl or whatever? It, it, it became something else. There was like giveaways like you could raffles for playstations and all this different stuff. Yeah. I love Cheez-Its. Oh yeah. Cheez-Its are amazing. I love Cheez-Its and they're playing in the Cheez-It bowl. Yeah. No clue what name that took over, what it was before it was the Cheez-It Bowl. But imagine like you walk in and there's like the hot and spicy Cheez-Its and the white Parmesan. There's like a Cheez-It fountain. Oh my gosh. Cheez-It, oh, Cheez-It fondue. Yes. A volcano of Cheez-Its just erupts every three minutes. I mean, I I would be like a pig in slop. I would be so happy. I would just be rolling around in Cheez-Its. What is your Cheez-It flavor of choice? I do like the hot and spicy. Yeah. Um, I also like the original. I like the Parmesan. There's there's actually one I, not one I don't like. Right. 
and I don't eat them enough. This is making me realize I don't eat them enough. Yeah. White cheddar? They're, they're you like are, the white cheddar? The white. They, I said Parmesan. Is Parmesan one as well? I don't know. I've never had Parmesan. If, if so, it I is. meant white cheddar. Is okay. I think is what my mind was thinking. Okay, but Parmesan might be. There's the duo. There is a Parmesan actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen There's Parmesan. There's a duo. Have you had the duo where like half the box is regular and half the box is white cheddar? I haven't. That's but I'm seeing mix. right now. I'm seeing a duo with sharp cheddar and Parmesan. Okay, that's where I've had the Parmesan then. There you go, yeah. See, it shows you I don't eat them enough because I, I don't know <laughs> what the combo is, but... Yeah, I think hot and spicy uh, is probably the the main one for me. That's a good one with the Tabasco. Other than, obviously, just original, I think, is... They're so fire. addicting. Yeah. That is the, you know, Lay's has the bet you can't eat just one. Right. You can eat just one Lay's. You can't eat just one cheese. No, absolutely not. It's impossible. Yeah. Absolutely totally impossible. underrated snack. 100%. I wish they were a little healthier. They do have the baked Cheez-Its now that are, they're not as greasy, if you want to say that. You know, yeah. the residue that's kind of left over, oily, maybe. Right. Um, a little crunchier, but they're supposed to be better for you. So that's one to keep in mind. So I'm going to go through these real quick. Tell me which one of these bowl games stands out to you as one you actually want to watch. Okay. OSU Miami. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to me, watch man. it, but. Yeah, I, I will I, too, I, but like. Yeah. It's not appointment television for no. me, right? No. Like, it's 4.30 on Tuesday, tomorrow. Which actually so probably, probably means I have a better chance of watching it than if it were at like 7 o'clock. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if tomorrow's not a normal work day because this isn't a normal work week, but yeah. it would be hard for me to catch the first half of that game yeah. normally. Um, Texas, Colorado does nothing yeah. to me. I like Colorado. They were 4-0 before they lost, you know, but I I just – nothing. Uh, Florida, Oklahoma, I want to watch. Yes. Wake Forest, Wisconsin does nothing. Nah. Iowa, Missouri does nothing. No. Arkansas, TCU does nothing. No. West Virginia Army does nothing. No. Ball State, San Jose State does nothing. No. I want to watch Tulsa, Mississippi State just because of my connections to Tulsa. Um, Georgia, Cincinnati, I'll watch that. I see. I'm I not even overly if, excited about that one, but mine is just to see if Cincy can hang right. with a, a good SEC team. You know, yeah. Uh, Auburn Northwestern does nothing for me. Ugh. Honestly, Notre Dame Alabama does nothing for me because I think Alabama is going to kick the shit out of them. Um, it, but Ohio State Clemson does. Yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. You know, so there's really like three games. Yeah. And then there's a few after that. NC State Kentucky no. Ole Miss Indiana no. Oregon, Iowa State, no. A&M, North Carolina. I, Oregon, I Iowa State's intriguing that. to me. I think more so than A&M, Carolina. I think that's an interesting Mac Brown. I think, I think A&M, Carolina is really interesting too, yeah. Yeah, I do too. So, I mean, there's a handful, but yeah. the majority of these games are just not uh, good, you know? Well, and, and we didn't get to – I mean, I think when you take away a full season, especially from multiple conferences, I mean, like, who who is Colorado? You know, like maybe yeah. with a full season to go off of, I'm I'm a little bit more excited to watch Colorado play Texas. But when you have such a small body of work, I mean, it just I, I think it's really hard to to take a lot yeah. out of that few games to get excited about a bowl matchup. So how do you with that? So under those parameters, how do you feel about Ohio State? I mean, I have a pretty good idea as to the talent level Ohio State has on its team. But the same argument of there hasn't been enough games to, like, if they would have played a full 
I'll just bold prediction, right? But that yeah. could never come true. We'll never right. know if it would have came true. But had they played a full slate, I think their defense, their secondary is suspect enough that they would have lost a game. Yeah, I'm sure that there's there's definitely a chance they would have lost a game. Yeah, a game sure. maybe two. Yeah, I don't know to who. I don't know. You yeah. know, I don't remember what their non-conference was before all of this. Who they were scheduled to play? Who their big game was or anything? Well, I mean, this I is remember. why it's good to be a blue blood because, for example, like Colorado. Yeah, I've seen them play. Basically, I've seen Ohio State play every game they've played for the last, like, 10 years. Same thing right. for, like, Alabama. Same thing for Oklahoma. And, the rich get richer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we watch those teams basically every week of every football Clemson. season. So, Clemson, yeah. same way. Yeah, like, we watch those teams every single week. And, and, I mean, even if you haven't necessarily seen them play a bunch of football games, you still are familiar with most of the personnel. You're familiar with what they do well, what they don't do well. Like, you kind of have an idea as to who they are. That's that was my point with like Colorado, like teams like that. It's it's a lot tougher for those teams to sustain the same identity from season to season as opposed to like an Ohio State. So, yeah, it's yeah. just it's if, I would agree with for, that. T- for schools like Colorado or NC State or like Northwestern, for example, like it's a little bit tougher to to make an opinion on them in any given season on a handful of games. Right. So that actually is a more eloquent way to make the argument I was trying to make last podcast about why it's important for these schools to get into any sort of a playoff scenario, even if they really don't have a chance to win. And it's more for the eyeballs. It's more for that notoriety, the familiarity. That's always such a tough fucking word to say. Yeah, I'm not familiarity. Yeah, familiarity. 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 Yeah, (laughs) so hard. But you know, like it's 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 that right there. What you just said, because you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Like we pay attention to the teams that we're used to seeing have a chance to play for at all. I just don't think that's going to change, though. Like that's the problem. Like even if we give, if we open that door to other people. Like, I, I still just don't think, like, sure, there's going to be those those seasons. Let's just say Colorado, for example, runs off 10-0. and 0. Like, you know what? When they start getting to, like, 8-0, and 9-0, 10-0, then we start paying attention. But yeah. we're not watching them for the first eight weeks of the season. No, but you would be more, it wouldn't be such a surprise. So if Colorado gets to the playoff as, like, a 16 seed, let's say there's 16 yeah. games or 16 teams one year with three losses right but then they get to the Pac-12 championship game they lose for the third loss and then they get in as like the 15-16 seed then if you see them the next year they're getting towards the latter half of the year with no losses or one loss then you're like oh yeah that you know it's Colorado they were in the playoffs last year like it's you know whereas like now this year what you're saying is 100% right right. where it's like where these guys come from and it's like the UCF thing right right like if UCF would have been able to say they made the playoff during that run they had with Scott Frost. Right. Then it would have just, I guess, put on steroids or the speed would have been ramped up of the, you know, can a group of six or whatever you want to call it, make the playoff. And, you know, you start to get that notoriety and UCF did it for themselves. Like now, if UCF starts the season eight, no, it doesn't matter who they play that name recognition because they did it for so many years in a row but it took them a lot longer than it would have if there would have been a 16 team playoff and they could have, you know, yeah. got on the radar I, that way. I, but. I'll just, I'll never want a 16 team playoff. Like I can get on board with eight where you have like conference championships yeah. that punch your ticket and however you want to do the other three, whether it's a group, one group of five and two at larges, or like if you want to add the American as an automatic bid and then go two at larges or like, however you want to do it. Like I'm eight. I think I could like, I can be talked into liking that or or at least talked into enjoying that setup. 
I, I just no part of me will ever want to see sixteen teams in a playoff. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. I'm not as steadfast against it yeah. as you are. I mean, sixteen might be too much because like you start looking at thirteen through sixteen, it's like really like yeah. these guys don't deserve to be in a playoff. But it's your argument for the NFL. Right. It's, yeah. It's like like you have to draw the line somewhere. And yeah, I, I think you can all, no matter where you draw it, you can always make the case for like the, the team that's on the outside against the team that just barely made sure. it in. But that's sure. the case no matter, I mean, we get that in the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Like every year they do that selection Sunday. And then that night, like Seth Greenberg is upset that Virginia Tech didn't get in or something. And I'm like, right. dude, there are 68 teams. Like, no matter where you draw the line, somebody is going to be upset that they got left out. So, like, you're never yeah. going to make everybody happy. There's always going to be a conversation for the last team in versus the first team out, no matter where that line is. Currently, we have it at, like, four and five. And rarely are we talking about those teams being on the same tier as, as teams one and two. But, okay, if you want to go to eight, that's fine. But it's going to happen at eight and nine. If you went to 16, it would happen at 16 and 17. I think maybe there's a happy median right there. I think maybe yeah. 12 maybe 12 is the number where anything below 12 you really don't have an argument right like 12 this year was coastal carolina who was undefeated yeah so what else can you do but the teams below them yeah you know, three losses four losses two i mean it's like you know your schedule wasn't that tough when your games like, i don't want to hear the bitching right but when you when you have a team at 12 who was undefeated beat byu beat you know, whoever they had in front of them. Yeah. Uh, maybe 12 is the answer. But well, and, and the other, the tough part about this year is like this, this is the toughest year to use as an example for anything because sure. everybody sure. faced different challenges. Everybody, you know, at times was missing players and nobody played the same amount of games. And like, I, just, you know, I, I, who know if, if Ohio state to your point plays a full schedule, maybe they lose two games. Yeah. Maybe they're not even in yeah. the top eight if we were to expand it to eight teams. Like, what you would see, but then you would think even Ohio State two loss team, if it was a let's just say a twelve team playoff, you would not look at them and say, "Oh, there's no chance." Oh, they're in, right? There's not. But I mean, I mean even like in if twelve teams, 12. Ohio State with two losses is in every year. Sure, that my that wasn't I, yeah. that kind of came across wrong. That wasn't my point as much as like. Right now, you look at 12, which would be Coastal Carolina, and to your point about the NFL and whatever, like, yeah, you know, if Ohio State trips up twice, but you still know the talent on that team and they get in as a 10, 11, 12 seed, they still have a fighting chance to go win that championship. Right. Like, even, right. you know. Yeah. So th there's going to be, I don't know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. For I don't sure. know. I don't know if there's a right answer. You know, I just, I don't know. It, there's, there's really not because the thing's too big. Like, there's not a fair way to do a playoff for 130 teams when, like, you have a small fraction of them that play significantly tougher competition week in, week out than, like, three-fourths of them, but they're all under yeah. the same umbrella fighting for the same – like, it's it's such a – I mean – Maybe the answer is – Honestly, it's just a Power crooked Power 5 sport. does their yeah. own thing. Yeah. yeah. Power 5 does their own 18 playoff. The group of six does their own 18 playoff. And then yeah. you have two – Maybe the two champions play. Like, That'd in what world is Coastal Carolina and Alabama competing for the same trophy? Right. Like, they they don't even play the same sport, basically. Like, Alabama plays a different sport than Coastal Carolina does. But that same argument could be made in a different way, but for college basketball, right? So when you yeah. get those 
12 seeds, the Vermonts or the whoever that go all the way to the final four, the elite eight. It's like, you know, you're not on Kentucky's level. You're not on Duke's level, but they beat those teams. Well, in today's, in today's college basketball though, there's so much more parity because you get a team like Creighton who will have five 22 year olds starting against a team like Kentucky that obviously have a bunch of future NBA players, but a lot of inexperience as well. And that, right that levels the playing field to a degree. Not to mention you have five guys that have probably played together for four years versus five 19-year-olds that are trying to develop chemistry for an entire season. And then they're going to reboot that the very next year. The other thing is in basketball, you know this, I mean, one player can literally elevate a team from zero to national championship caliber. In football, one player, like, (laughs) you know... You could have the greatest quarterback on earth, but if your defense can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, so you're right. You're right. I don't think our guest is going to make it tonight, so we'll do that uh, later in the week. Okay, sounds good. Um, let's yeah. uh, let's hit this OU Florida game. Save the best okay. for last because this is so crazy to me. I was so excited about this matchup, and mostly for all the narrative reasons, right? Like you have Oklahoma, who's this Big 12 team that's made a living being an elite offensive squad for years, and all of a sudden, they're playing elite defense. They're playing SEC-style football. And then you have this Florida team that's been in the SEC for years, and all of a sudden, they're playing this Big 12 style of football. And they're they're going to meet. We have this elite offense versus this elite defense. The other two units are okay. And uh, I, it, I just kind of feel like this was going to give us even if it's unfair, which it probably was going to be unfair, it was going to give us a big-time narrative about either the Big 12 or the SEC going into next year. And we're, we're kind of getting robbed of that to a degree. I think OU is going to beat Florida by three touchdowns. Oh. I don't think Florida can out-Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I mean, what happened today certainly hurts. <laughs> sure. But even at full strength, like I, you can't out Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley. I think it was right? going to be a good, I liked Oklahoma to win, but I thought it was going to be a good football game before yeah. you lose your top four offensive threats. <laughs> top four. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, it is. I know you wanted to see your boy Pitts. Oh, well, he 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 ruled himself out, I mean, before Christmas Earlier. even. So we knew yeah, that that yeah. wasn't going to happen. And and look, I said this last week. I thought Oklahoma was dodging a major bullet by not having Pitts out there. Because, look what Charlie Kolar did against them. Yeah. Like, that tight end position can create big-time yeah. mismatches with Oklahoma's secondary. And while I think Charlie Kolar is an elite talent... Kyle Pitts is that plus like a different level of, of athleticism. Like Kyle Pitts is a freak. And I think he would have been a massive headache for Alex Grinch's defense. That said, when you just taking Kyle Pitts out of the equation with everybody else in the mix, I thought it was going to be a really good football game. And, uh, man, this just kind of takes the teeth out of it. it and, and I'll tell you this for Oklahoma, it, it this is kind of a no win situation for them because if they beat this Florida team, I don't think they get a lot of credit for the win. Whereas if they lose to this Florida team, it's going to be like same old Big 12 can't even beat this SEC team without its top four offensive playmakers. 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you're right, but I don't. The win obviously outweighs the shit you would get for losing. Well, for sure, like for I, sure, you don't care about not getting credit. For yeah, the no, win I don't. I don't, I don't mean there. that in yeah. a in a like no, you don't, don't want to win type way. I'm just saying, like, of course, of course. I there was no, you're a, right. You would have gotten more credit if Pitts and you know Trask would have had his full plethora of weapons. Right. Like you would have. There's just sure. there's like basically the a built-in excuse now for Florida to not win this game. I mean, yeah. bottom line from a from a from a national perspective of who Oklahoma is and who Florida is, there's there's I mean a, a built-in excuse for Florida not winning this football game before it's even played. Go beat them thirty-one nothing and then yeah. just shut them up. Yeah, it's like I don't care. You have SEC. You're the vaunted SEC, right? You thought you should have been in the playoff. You're a top ten SEC team. You mean you don't have depth? You don't have skill position, like you don't go too deep, and you're <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? Like you're the SEC, you're Florida, you're Dan Mullen, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know that there's a team in college football that could lose its top four pass catchers and be anything close to the same level, but I, I it just sucks because I, I feel like we one. were robbed of a really good matchup where I think Oklahoma was really going to get to show like how improved they yeah, were. I agree. And now, again, I, I still I still think they're going to win. I still think they're going to play well. I just think that from a narrative standpoint, this Sooner defense, for as good as it has been all year long, is somewhat robbed of really proving outside the Big 12 that mm -hmm. it could do what it's done all season long against a team like Florida. And when you take away... I'll just... Let me throw these numbers out to you real quick. So, Kadarius Toney, receiver one. Trayvon Grimes, receiver two. Both opted out. Jacob Copeland, receiver three, tested positive for COVID, and then Kyle Pitts tied in one. Those are mm -hmm. their top four pass catchers. They combined for 34 of the team's 45 touchdown catches this year. From a yardage standpoint, Tony had 984, Pitts had 770, Grimes had 589, and Copeland had 435. The next highest Florida player is 358. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a good argument. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, that's all your production nearly. Sure. Out the window. So, so I I can answer your question though. Okay, go ahead. There is there is one team that could lose their top Alabama. four pass catchers. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, they might be able to too. Navy. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Does not take a dip. You nailed it. You <laughs> yeah. were absolutely spot on. <laughs> Nailed it. The I concede my argument. <laughs> That's it. Just one. The midshipman. <laughs> yeah. Well played. Well played. But no, I mean, it's... No, but look, you're right. I mean, it, it takes luster off. Yeah, it's, it sucks. Sure. It sucks for the matchup because I think this was a good matchup. And I think... To be honest, I didn't see that until you just said it. Yeah. And so now I don't even know. It is not as high on my watchable list. Yeah, it's it, it just kind of like was. yeah. This game had some sizzle to it, like high-powered offense. Now one of those defense. guys that opted out wasn't one of the guys that was talking shit, right? No, no, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, he's still out there. That so that part would be good. That would have been a bitch yeah. move. You know they they also they're starting one of their starting corners and one of their starting safeties opted out as well on the defensive side. That's what I'm saying, man. Right. Like I, it's it sucks. I want to talk to a player that chose to opt out, and not necessarily to shame them into doing it or whatever. I just want to know how hard of a decision that is 
for the player. Yeah. Cause it sucks for the fan. And does that even register at all to the player when they're making that decision? Or is I think, it solely? I think it, does. I think it does. Cause it should be a solely selfish. It should decision. be. Absolutely. It should be. But I wonder if like the Kyle Trask's of the world and, you know, I don't know, throw anybody, Kellen Mond or whoever else that has a chance to go to the NFL as a quarterback right. or in any position, Tylen Wallace, Yeah, you know, and you're not playing for a chance to win a championship, you know, right. Do you really care what the fan base, like if you're robbing them of a, a game, like you're protecting yourself. Well, is that fan base going to pay the millions of dollars that you're going to lose exactly. if you get hurt? No, exactly. not. Yeah. So like, I, yeah, I, it's the whole Tylen Wallace thing. Again, I love the fact that he's playing. I love the fact that he wants to play. And I love that he has that sort of, like, that's that's his personality. Like, I want that guy on my football team if I'm an NFL team. Isn't that team. an OSU thing, though? Other than Chuba opting out, like, didn't Dez and Blackman and all these, didn't they play in their bowl well, games, Blackman too? Blackman and, the, I mean, that was a Fiesta Bowl, like... I know it wasn't, wasn't a national championship. I know it wasn't it was, a national championship, but that yeah. was a massive thing for OSU. I mean, they were yeah. th- with that win, they were the best team in OSU history. So I, I think there was, even though it wasn't necessarily like a championship trophy, I think there was still a lot on the line for that Oklahoma State team versus like maybe this Cotton Bowl where Florida just lost their conference championship game and it's lost number three, and now you got to go play Oklahoma. Like I don't. I don't know. Did I lose you? Hello? 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 Do, 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 do. Hello? 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 Hello, hello. There you are. It froze and then it just like shut down. Weird. Yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll kind of jump in and you can insert it wherever you want because I know okay. where you're going with it. Cool. Um, no, but you're right. Like at least those guys, Blackman in particular, had something more to play for. But yeah. I just I don't know. I honestly I'm scared for the guys. Like when they yeah. trot out there, you know. I know you probably have insurance policies and all that stuff, but especially if you were go, like Wallace, who was a what Bolitnikoff finalist or whatever it was like, you, you probably took out an insurance policy on yourself in case you got hurt, but, or the school, maybe, I don't know how that right. works, but it's, yeah. You see those big hits and you're just like, God, don't be hurt. Well, and, and you're playing for free. Like I know that it's love of the game and love of the sport and love of your teammates and love of the school and all that. But, I mean, you're, you're playing this game at a high level to go make a living at the end of the day. And putting your livelihood on the line for an exhibition game that, again, yeah, isn't... Which is what it is. Right, it's yeah. an exhibition game. Um, putting your livelihood on the line for an exhibition game at the end of a season uh, for the good of the fan base versus, like... Like, the one thing I would, I would go back to if I was, like, an agent or somebody is I would say Jalen Smith. Right? Guaranteed top yeah. five pick in the draft. Guaranteed. And just freak break of a leg, and he drops to the second round, 
doesn't get first-round money. It takes him – he's out of football for over a year before he comes back. And and look, thank God, like, it worked out well for him. Right, right. He was a good ending to a tragic Right, but still, situation. he lost out on yeah. a lot of money in that first contract that he would have made yeah. being a top-five pick. Now, are the odds great that that's going to happen to you? No. I mean, it's, it's no, a no. slim chance that that happens, but – do you want to be that one guy that that happens to in an exhibition game when you're one game away from your big payday? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's tough. Like, I, I, w- I would never fault one of these dudes for not playing in one of these games because they're going to the NFL, and especially when they're, they're a high draft pick. Um, right. But... You know, like, I, I hate the fact that these Florida guys are opting out. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm, I I get it. Like, I totally understand it. Where if do it you, were your son, what would you tell him to do? If like, what? Like, if Kadarius Tony was your kid, and he's like, Dad, I'm probably going to be a second-round draft pick. That's where most of the mock drafts have him, second round. Um, I Maybe tail into the first. He's like, Dad, I'm a second-round pick right now. If I don't do anything else... Should I go play this game against Oklahoma that's essentially meaningless? I mean, in the the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Not to us, the fans, but to them. I mean, or do I, do I, you know, is it time to move on? Like, what would your advice be? Move on. Yeah. Move on. 10 times out of 10, you move on. It's tough, but that's. I mean, honestly, if you're Trevor Lawrence, even to me, and you've already won a championship. You've already proven everything you need to prove in college. You've yeah. already brought Clemson to the top and made that university bukus of money. Right. And you're going to be the number one overall draft pick. I wouldn't play the game against Ohio State. If I'm Justin Fields, I would think long and hard about playing the game against Clemson. You're going to be a top three draft pick. Yeah. You know, like that's – and it sucks to say it, but until you start paying these college players a little bit or something, like I, I don't know – I don't know. It's just I think competing a for slope, a championship but. to me is like where I would say you know you you have something to gain as opposed to like again playing in an exhibition where it's just a game that's going to be forgotten about. Didn't Jalen in, injure his knee in a It was like a game? it was a New Year's Day game. It was like a Fiesta Bowl or But it wasn't a it wasn't, it wasn't a, against no, Alabama. It, it wasn't a semifinal. It was against uh, Ohio State. Oh right, right. Yeah. Right. No, it was uh it was like a New Year's six bowl, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a playoff game. Mm. I know that because I was at the Oklahoma Clemson playoff game in Miami the day I before and I flew yeah. to New Orleans that on New Year's morning and I remember sitting at a bar having a Cajun breakfast and Bloody Marys watching that Ohio State Notre Dame game and Jalen Smith getting hurt. And I was like, is that when OSU played in the Ole Miss? Yeah. Sugar bowl yep. or whatever that was. Yeah. We did that same thing, except we drove, Ooh. we drove from Miami to new Orleans and then from new Orleans to Tulsa after Ouch. the game. It was a long drive. Ouch. <laughs> it was a long drive. Me and Rick Pendergraft, <laughs> Ricky P. Well, at least you had good company, but that is a long oh, yeah. drive. Rick's Rick's one of the best. Yeah. I don't miss those days. Oof. Woof. But yeah, man, the, like this, I'm still going to watch the game. I'm obviously still excited about the game. It's two massive brands in college football. Um, you know, it's not like Kyle Trask is gone. Now take Kyle Trask out of the equation, and then it's just like, ugh. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, it just sucks, man. It, it sucks that we're kind of robbed of what could have been, I think, a really great game. And look, it still could be a great game. I just sure. think there's a lot of, like, built-in excuses now for different things that, that happen in this thing versus what it could have been. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I still think Oklahoma wins. I, I know Florida was actually favored this morning. Uh, did that by, line move? Yeah, it did. Uh, they were, I think Florida was two and a half point favorites before the opt-outs, and now Oklahoma is a three-point favorite. So it's a five and a half point swing. It's a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. Look, I, I, uh, I like Kyle Trask a lot. I think he's really good. I do too. A, I don't think Florida's offensive line is dominant by any means. I'm not saying they're bad, but I don't think that they are one of those groups that I, I just think is going to be able to contain the Oklahoma defensive front. Secondly, God, um, it's so weird to talk about Oklahoma's defense. I know, like right? It, I, like I catch myself sometimes being like, back to the are Tommy you, Harris are you for days. real? Uh, yeah. And then secondly, a lot of Kyle Trask's big plays this year are from either like guys making great catches or great runs after the catch. So when you take away those dynamic playmakers, I just don't... I, I'm not saying he's not. I just don't know necessarily that Kyle Trask on his own is good enough to just pick you apart throwing the football. Because every time I watch Florida, you know, it's like a five-yard pass to Tony where he makes like six guys miss, and then, then he runs it for a touchdown. And on the stat sheet, Kyle Trask gets credit for a 60-yard pass and a touchdown. But really... He threw a quick bubble screen, and Tony did all the work. So that happens a lot yeah. with Florida's offense. So when you take away those playmakers, I just don't know that Kyle Trask is that guy that's just going to start throwing dudes open and start throwing guys to, to big plays. We're about to find out. We definitely are. If he's as good as – so you could take away Clemson's top four wide receivers or catching threats, and I would expect Trevor Lawrence to put up points. Yes. Because I think Trevor Lawrence is that good. Yes. He's and still going to Kyle make Trask is a Heisman finalist, yeah. which he is, yeah. you should be able to take away his top four targets yeah. and he still makes plays to put points on the board. Yeah. I don't so think honestly, he's that, this, I don't think he's that guy though. Maybe he's not, but like yeah. if you think he is, right now you hammer Florida. If, if they you went from a five is, yeah. point favorite, yeah. yeah, to a three point underdog. Yeah. You hammer Florida. I'm not that guy. I, but no. <laughs> no. if you're listening and you are, you hammer him. <laughs> if you, you think Kyle Florida. Trask is, yeah, should have been the Heisman Trophy winner, then yes. I mean, if you think he, not even winner, but if you just put him on par with the rest of the quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round, the Zach Wilsons, the Trevor Lawrence's, the yeah. Justin Fields, the Trey Lance's, like if you put him on that level, yeah, then you hammer Florida plus three. Like I'm, I, I, I make this sound like it's not Kyle Trask's fault that he has great playmakers around him. That's like, part of this is like, I'm not saying he can't do that. I'm just saying I don't see it regularly because he has great playmakers that are constantly making plays. It's not like I'm watching, like when I watch Florida, to me, it's not Kyle Trask doing special things over and over and over. It's more the opposite. Like Kyle Trask doing good things within that offense and running what he's supposed to run. And then the playmakers doing great things. So again, I'm not saying he can't, be that guy I've just I, I've not seen anything to suggest that that's what he would do against Oklahoma when the offense has been set up all year long for him to just be the guy that puts the football where it needs to go and then let the playmakers do the rest 
So I'm I don't kind know. of we'll pulling see. for Kyle Trask right now. Yeah. Like I don't want I don't want Florida to win. I don't th- I don't want them to beat Oklahoma, but yeah. I kind of want him to stick a middle finger up to his four targets that said, yeah. no, we're just going to go. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I want him to throw for 400 yards do this and three you. touchdowns yeah. and lose 38, 21. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, he's going to, I think he's going to meet Mr. Perkins. Oh gosh. Several times That's one person I would not want to meet in a dark alley. <laughs> I know he's probably a nice dude, but he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. That whole front, man. Yikes. Yeah. They're going to be good. I think they're going to be good for years to come too. Yeah. For sure. Do you want to know who the guest is going to be later in the week, or do you want it to be a surprise? Because I was just going to have him jump on and like Zoom bomb us, but he couldn't do it. It's up to you. So you, you get to make the call. It can be your Christmas present to know or to be surprised. Uh, how about let me know then? Okay, Zayvon Collins. Oh. Yeah, he was at dinner with his family. He wasn't sure when he was going to get done, um, but he has time. So. All right, let's do it. Yeah, he'll jump on later in the week. That'll be awesome. That'll be that's yeah. that's yeah. I look, I was all for the Zaven Collins Heisman campaign. You were. He I, didn't get the offensive touchdown. I know, I know. He didn't We'll uh, talk about that. Damn we'll it, talk Monty. about that. Life in hominy. Yeah, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him. I was I was yeah. starting the campaign. So the serious question I want to ask him is what is more exhilarating for him? The perfect hit on a quarterback or the perfect shot when you're duck hunting? Oh, is he a duck hunter? Oh, he's he grew up in Hominy. Well, man. yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, I yeah. He posted the day after he opted out. He posted Instagram stories from the duck blind. Oh, like, it's, nice. It's what nice. he does to like that's his decompression. It's he goes and hunts. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know what he'll say. He might say the shot on the duck. I'm not sure. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. That'll be fun. So yeah, that'll be at some point later this week. All right. Yep. Just let me know. Yes, sir. All right, man. We have uh, made it to the end of another episode. We need to start telling. Uh, I feel like we were out of fun stories like we used to have at the beginning of quarantine. Oh, I, I can dig some up. I know. I, I need to, too. I need to start, okay. like, remembering them as they happen. All right. So I was just thinking, like, the shitting your pants stories and all that <laughs> stuff. Like the, <laughs> oh, trust me. I've got, those, I've got more of, of that sort of those stuff. Those feel like sure. so long ago, though. I know. We had That's no what sports. the weirdest thing about 2020 was. Is this the, this is the last podcast of 2020, isn't it? Uh, well, unless we do one Thursday. Yeah. True. It would have to post before midnight Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if if uh, if Zaven's availability requires us to do another 2020 podcast, I'm in. We can do it. Yeah. But yeah. It's been a good year. 2020 has been good to us. This has been fun. It, it, God, for a while there, it was a great escape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was no sports happening. You we were, were the just... only person I saw that <laughs> I talked to <laughs> via Zoom. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. They, I mean, as adult as these conversations are, this was the most adult conversations I was having because otherwise it yeah. was, you know, the... And they're not that adult. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh man! Uh, yeah, but, but I can't I'll, talk uh, to him about you know crapping my I know. pants. No, I know. Yeah. When I hear from Zaven, I'll let you know, and then we'll uh, we'll pub it a little bit, and we'll uh, make it happen. Sounds good, my man. All right, let's try this again. There we go. The music plays again. Well, I guess I could have just edited that out and not said anything, but oh well. no, too late. Oh well, too late. Shot You Take Podcast presented by Chalk and Chisholm Creek. I am Colby Daniels. He is John Moss. We will talk to you in 2021. See you guys. <laughs>